Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm here today with my friend Chris Nicholson. Uh, we're here to talk about um, the last episode of Better Call Saul, season six, uh, episode, what number are we on? Episode nine. This was nine. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, fun and games. Um, so, Chris, what did you think about this? Oh, it, it was a good episode. You know, uh, I, I heard that some people thought it was filler somehow, that not much happened, but I think a lot happened. People think it's filler. Wait a minute. So spoilers, everyone. I mean, they broke up. I mean, that's like the yeah. biggest thing that's happened in the whole series. Yeah. You know, I, I think that for some people, like maybe they thought that the wine scene with Gus dragged on a bit too long. Well, I love that. I, I have no idea what was happening, but I, I love that. I, okay. So go continue. Just continue. We'll, well get back I mean, to that, that's interesting. Uh, well, like, what? I want to know why you love that. It, I had no idea what it was about and so no, no other show would do this no other show would like have this just very long thing that is telling us something subtle about this guy um that we have to sort of think about what's going on and exactly what's you know what what is the whole what, what's the point of the scene well you know what, what what role does this play in, in the universe and it has this you know it has this recurring thing in the breaking bad universe where like is you often have guys who are very into things and they talk about their hobby like in a, like in a very passionate way. So this is a recurring theme and this is so cool that it captures this again and again. So like Chuck with the law, right? Um, you have that engineering guy, uh, Ziegler, whatever his name is. Uh, he just loves construction and architecture. Um, and you have Mike, you know, who likes do-it-yourself stuff and fixing the Walter too with the meth. Um, and so all these guys, all these guys, uh, you know, they have this, 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 there's just like a very like male focused sort of almost, you know, almost autistic engineering sort of brain, um, kind of passion for something. And that wine scene was sort of in that, uh, in that sort of genre, but it's like a gay version of it. Oh, okay. uh, because I think they were homo. They, so it's a different facet of like this masculine obse- obsession. So you did pick up on that. I, I was, I was wondering. <laughs> was it subtle? I mean, I don't think it was subtle. I think that they were, they were. I thought they were like boyfriends. I, I thought they were something like that, or they had, you know, they were. They were, they were, they were flirting with each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think that was. I don't think that was. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think like we we talked about this many weeks ago. Um, like whether Gus being gay was sort right, of right back, back at the beginning, and and I was curious about whether you you know pick well, up. I went back game. and I watched the I, I you know I recently watched the show again, and yeah, it's not subtle. He's obviously gay. They even call him like him and his butt buddy or something like that. Like this cartels, like they talk about that. Um, he has that that uh, uh that one episode late in season five where he has that fountain dedicated to Max. Um, dedicado or whatever is however you say it, a max. Um, and so he's obviously we we know Gus we know Gus is gay. We know he's like there's this guy who's like you know this guy who's obsessed with wine. And it seems like so you know and, and so you have so you have that. You it's showing us a few things. It's showing us that Gus like has this sort of civilized, polished sort of uh, side to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he has this part of him that's like pillar of community. He has the side of him that's like you know refined sort of gay gentleman kind of thing, um, and 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 so you have so you have you have that going on. You have the sort of wondering why he left. Um, I thought we were the next scene was going to be him going. I thought he was going to go go kill uh, 
Nacho's dad or something. I thought like uh, I thought Mike was like going to save Nacho's dad. That's what I thought was happening. Mike was going to save Nacho. Like they both realized they like us. Like I should kill him. And Mike was like, I'm going to go save him. I don't know why he was going to kill him. I just thought like, okay, that's his loose end. He wants to kill him for some reason. Um, maybe the cartel will get to him or, or something first. Um, or maybe, you know, and so like, I, so I don't know why, I still don't know why he left. Um, I don't know if it was a personal thing. Like, is he a, is he like, is he repressed? Is he like a repressed homosexual? Like that guy, like they were going to like go home together if he stayed there and he had to like leave in order not to do that. I, mean, I, I think that's the direction things were headed in, you know, and when Gus brought up the whole like, oh, that, that wine that you recommended to me a yeah, year ago, yeah. I actually got a bunch. And the other guy suggestively is like, well, yeah. let me know if you ever find an occasion when you're going to open it. Yeah, and it seems like they were m- moving towards taking it outside, outside the place, taking it back to somebody's house. But I don't think it was some kind of in-the-closet repression that made Gus stop. Uh-huh. You know, I, I think it was more like he, he, remembered, he remembered what he really wanted, which was revenge against the Salamancas. And that, you know, I think he'd gone to that, uh, to that restaurant, uh, to that bar, as a way of kind of celebrating. You know? But yeah. then after he celebrated for a while, he realized, you know what? Like, the real enemies are still there. They're still alive. It's not over. And, and so he, maybe part of it was also that as he got close to this sommelier, he, he remembered his, his old dead boyfriend, Max. Uh, and he thought like, hey, you know, if, if it's not over, if my enemies are still alive, if I get close to a guy, uh, a decent chance he gets killed. Hmm, he's afraid to get close to the, to the guy. So he can't have a gay date while he's still plotting his revenge against the Salamancas? Well, he can I mean, go out and he can drink alone in a bar. But he can't have too good of a tie where it'll take him away from revenge. His, his I, true mean, I think I think the biggest thing, thing number one was just like revenge comes first. Okay. Thing number two might have been like, hey, it's dangerous for anybody to get involved in me uh, with me before uh-huh. I, I finish the revenge. Uh huh. Before I finish the revenge. Okay. So he cares. It. You know? Did you catch that part where the guy is talking about wine and he's like, this this one comes from this. This has this earthy, meaty flavor. There's magnesium in the earth. And like, you know, it's like bloody. He says like bloody, meaty. And then Gus is like drinking it. It's like very symbolic about, you know, Gus, what he's there to enjoy. He's enjoying, you know, all the killing he's been doing. Yep. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That that might be part of what, you know, reminded Gus about the the revenge that was still to come. Yeah, because it was, yeah, it was a little bit after that. Yeah, did he forget the revenge in those... In this moment, but I just like I, I like I like seeing I like seeing like gay refined Gus. He's like, right, oh, right. really? You tell me more. <laughs> it's like a very right, it's right. a very different thing. And, and Gus was like, Gus was like eyeing the other guy this whole time from beginning to end. And he, I think I think Gus even licked his lips once or twice just to make mm-hmm. it real clear to the viewers what was going on. Uh, okay, yeah, and and, and so they knew it. Gus that we we just have never seen in either of the shows. Yes, yes, we know he was gay, but we haven't like watched him in his element at, at any point. Um, and so this guy doesn't look like they had a previous relationship. It looks like they knew each other, like he was a regular at the restaurant or or something. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it looks like it looks like they, they've talked, you know, at the restaurant about wine over the years. Uh, and, and it looks like maybe Gus was thinking like, hey, maybe it's time to, to finally get a, get a move on this now, now that I've finished off most of the Salamancas or no. finished off some of the Salamancas. Yeah. And so is um, – so, yeah. So we both – we both you, you like this. So you like this too. You're yeah. So I, I actually felt 
I felt like this was kind of a far farewell to Gus from the show. Like, mm. I would not be surprised if this is the last time we see Gus and we don't see him in the remaining four episodes. You're right. Because there's, yeah, there's, we know we're going to see, uh, or we know we're going to see Jimmy. We don't know who else, if we're going to see anyone. We don't know. We might not see Kim again. I mean, we, something, we have to know something about him. But we know Gus's fate. We know um, yeah. what's, what's going to happen to him. Uh, I, I, I would guess that they're still going to, because they still have the, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have, Four episodes left. We speculated on you know where they're gonna go from here. But you said that like the Reddit people or whoever you're reading, like they didn't like that scene. Um, is, is that is that right? There there were a few people who, who didn't like it and who were like the episode is filler. That scene was the biggest filler. It stretched on too long and nothing. They're morons. See, the, people don't appreciate this show. People really yeah. don't appreciate this show. Yeah, I, I think this show may be one of the rare cases where the critics are a little more right than the audience. Yeah. Mm. So the critics like this. See, you're plugged in. I have no idea what the critics think. But the critics like it, you're saying, and the audience is a little more uh, critical here. You know, I, I think that the, the audience that watches it likes it a lot, but, mm -hmm. but for the most part. But there are some people that like, like, don't like these. Right. It's too slow. Yeah, they don't like the things me and you like. They don't like the things that the critics like. So they, that Gus scene like was a thing that it was just yeah I, I, that was my favorite scene like so that's the kind of thing that they don't like they wish there was less of that and more i guess yeah, you know, more more guns blazing you know <laughs> more, more people snort, snorting coke and you know doing yeah. that well, i think that's why people like breaking i mean the people who like breaking bad but don't like better call saul breaking bad comes right out the gates with you know killing and violence and so like better call saul has like you know a few seasons where they're like nobody gets killed right there's no violence um or anything um and you know it's like a professional work environment it's very subtle so uh you know a lot of people you know they don't it doesn't it doesn't keep their attention um yeah the uh yeah nobody gets killed at the beginning even in the even the cartel storyline i don't think you know i wonder i will try to remember what's the first what's the first death like of the entirety of better call saul uh i don't i don't know um yeah you know. i I really, I mean, it's got to be something involving probably Mike and the whole drug storyline early on. First death, better call Saul. Let's see. Because it's, uh, mm, rest of character deaths, Breaking Bad Wiki, uh, better call Saul. So season one uh, had three deaths. So that's a lot. That's uh, more than I thought. Season two had three. Oh, this is cool. So it has like a list of by, uh, by show. So uh breaking bad has two deaths in season one huh. better call saul has three season two better call saul has three season three it has one so it has one to three deaths per season breaking bad has two in season one it has 176 in season two and then it has uh 27 in season three i don't know what those under 26 is. so okay so you have you have you have orders of magnitude more death in the early who was, it? Who, who was the first one to die in better call saul uh so they say season one um shot to death and revenge for the oh the, oh it's showing mike's the flashback with mike uh, oh, it's counting that um okay. where, he where he kills the um guy and that's and that's pretty late in the season too that is um you know that's one of the last of the season two you have oh you have marco's heart attack so that's just, that's not somebody getting killed remember marco the fat no. guy Saul's yeah. uh, jimmy's friend so these these are not these are like not even in these are flashbacks these aren't even part of the story you know uh, I, I think part of it is that in better call saul even still, sometimes in some of these episodes, the climax of, of a typical episode doesn't involve like a dramatic showdown with a drug dealer, you know, mm -hmm. usually a dramatic showdown with a lawyer. And, and that's actually what it was this time, too. 
And and the key the key moment in the climax is not when somebody draws their gun or pulls the trigger on somebody else. It's when somebody says something devastating. Yeah. And, and sometimes that that can be hard hard to appreciate. I mean, to me, the climax of this episode was the moment when Kim is talking to uh, what's her name. Kim is talking to Howard's wife, uh, and, and Kim decides to to pull off this kind of epic lie to her and and masterfully convince her that she's the one that's actually to blame for Howard's death because she didn't notice the signs. Yes, that was evil. I hated, I mean, I hated Kim in that moment. And so, yeah, look at the other deaths. Like, they're they're counting stuff like Jimmy's mom dying, like, on her deathbed, you know, the flashbacks. Yeah, these are very, these are very, you know, they're not like, Breaking Bad, what was it, second episode where he chokes um, a crazy eight to death, where he uh, kills him, you know, so it's it's a different kind of, uh, thing, um, and, the, and, and uh, crazy eight. I I know a bunch of people. There there are uh, some family members of mine who actually stopped watching Breaking Bad at like episode two or three, whichever the one is where it's the episode where they spend the entire thing trying to get rid of Crazy Eight's body and they end up dissolving it in acid. Uh-huh. Like, that was so intense that a bunch of people just stopped watching the show there. Yeah. Well, not a lot of people stopped because it's, it was a, the most popular shows around. But okay, yeah, some people, a, a decent number of people stopped yeah. there. I think. Yeah, the violence is. Um, yeah, I mean, we like we had some good years of. So yeah, it's a di- it's a different thing. It's like Breaking Bad. I mean, I think, yeah, Better Call Saul has more. I think, emotional, you know, subtlety. Uh, the uh, the uh, and they you know they both have the mix of violence. And sort of like psychology, right? It's just it's just different in the two shows, um, and you know, yeah, and the uh, and they but they both they both both do these things. I mean, they both do these things that are just pure psych psychology of like you know some kind of thing going on inside a person's head. Where it's like, so they had a whole episode of Breaking Bad of like Walt chasing the fly. You remember this? The just, right. just the whole I remembers the fly episode. Yeah. So, so this, I mean, this stuff is just this makes it cool. I mean, well, this makes one. That is the one episode that truly was kind of filler. And, and yeah. that one, it was literally filler. Like it, it had something to do with budget constraints. Was it really? Yeah. So they well, so they had budget constraints and they like what they ran out of money and they just had to do this thing? Yeah, it was something called a bottle episode. I'd, I'd have to look up the exact details, but it, but it boiled down to some kind of technical constraint. And then they did the best they could to turn it into a character episode. Huh. A bottle? What does that mean, a bottle episode? You know, I, I'd have to look it up. Let me let me look it up right now. That's uh-huh. like a te- technical term. Uh, a, in episodic tele- television, a bottle episode is produced cheaply and restricted in scope to use as few regular cast members' effects and sets as possible. And like, yeah, that, that's literally what that episode was designed to do. Uh-huh. Two actors, one set. Yeah. I, yeah, I do not think that, yeah, I, 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 filler says, has a negative connotation though I, I i enjoyed the fly episode you know i i don't remember it too well I, I, i'm sure that it was pretty good yeah i you know it, these things are developing characters so it's like you know a person in real life it's not like you know you know you know like 10 hours you know a lot more than that so like yeah you know, I, I just i just read some interview uh, i think with vince gilligan about it where he was like yeah you know we had a lot of other expensive stuff we wanted to do in the season so to make the budget fit we, we had to have a bottle episode yeah well i mean they're just but their budgets there's trade-offs right so it's like you know not everything is gonna but you know so 
so yeah, they do. I mean, they do this. They do this stuff, and you know, it's it's. Um, you feel like you know. You feel like I feel like they do give you something closer to the characters. I mean, you see sort of this thing where it's like Gus is like the most, uh, you know, the most extreme example of this. But you do see people like different sides of people, um, and you do see sort of depth, you know, within their uh, within their character. I, you know, I thought that um, yeah. So Kimmy was. Um, you know she's uh you know she's she's evil um and then i'll tell you something i didn't like about that so, so yeah i've been complimenting this this series and I, you know i was into it at the time but i think it it was became sort of like a little bit of a tropish so at breaking so you have this like breaking in breaking bad you have this thing where like walt has this great moment of self-realization he goes i did it because you know for myself right um and then like you you end salt in like the exact same way with with kim she comes and she says, you know, it was all for, you know, whatever. We did it because I enjoyed it too much. And it's like, oh, okay, well, like it's sort of ending in the exact same way where like the character who tried to justify the, you know, things to themselves, like has this great moment of self-realization. And it seemed to me like that was just too close to sort of, uh, you know, the great realization at the end of Breaking Bad. I would have liked them to stay. Del- I mean, I would have think it'd be cool to be deluded forever or like have some kind of more elaborate like or if kim just became like instead of re- realizing it just like decided she wasn't attracted to jimmy anymore like i don't know something like he became like bad at scamming or something like he failed to scam or something and then she like lost her attraction and then made up some high-minded reason at that point like i think there was a good you know you could have had some kind of thing that didn't end in like you know it's too psychologically neat like it ends in you know uh uh you know a, a great you know a great flare of self-awareness well um, you know th- this moment was kind of it, it was kind of a rhyme with that Walt realization in Breaking Bad, but mm. I, I liked it because th- there was something there was an inversion to this, which is where in this in that kind of moment we realized that we thought from the beginning that this would just be kind of the story of how Jimmy breaks bad. You know that seemed like the premise of the show from the beginning, but as time goes on and then crystallized here at the end, Kim basically tells us no. It was actually the story of how I break bad. And after she leaves Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't actually, that, that last transition from Jimmy to Saul is not Jimmy breaking bad in the Walt or Kim kind of style. It's actually Jimmy being broken. He's not yeah. doing the breaking. Yeah, he's broken. He's broken. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, the end was like the, 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 the gaudiness of like his mansion. Uh, it's it's it, it's over the top. It's like it's like it reminded me of like Trump. Like this is what people think about Trump. Like with his you know gold ceilings and chandeliers and stuff. But it's like, it's like gold extreme. toilet too. It's extreme. It's much more extreme than that. It's like you know the most cliche. Like sort of he has these. I don't know what are these like uh, these uh, Greek you know uh, drawings on his wall. You know these Greek drawings on his wall. Um, and you know he has yeah these it's just it's just it's just gross to like any normal human you don't like that's that's like there's something so that's not Jimmy's natural style I don't think it was that I think it's like like he made it so ugly <laughs> like he made it match his inner ugliness like his life like was just and it's like it is like life is like you know it's like an elaborate ugliness it's like an ugliness yeah. that takes a lot of crazy effort to create something that ugly like his scabs which are just like so much effort for like such little payoff yeah um, it's like it's like jimmy he created saul to be this kind of two-dimensional caricature of a sleazy lawyer you know he jimmy kind of created saul to be exactly the lawyer that Chuck thought he would be, you know, except dialed up to 11. 
And, and, yeah. then, and then after Kim left him, Jimmy, basically, it seems to me like he's decided like to kind of retreat into Saul. Like he doesn't want to be Jimmy anymore. He doesn't want to feel or remember the things that, that Jimmy would feel or remember. And yeah. so he just kind of embraces the tackiness and, mm. and he, he tries to become the character as much as he can. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, uh, yeah, the embrace the embrace the tackiness. The tackiness is sort of you know because like you could imagine someone being very tacky just because they have no level of self. Like I think people think of Trump like this. Like he just thinks like hamburgers are great and like you know gold toilets are great. But that's not. I don't think that's that's Jimmy. Jimmy doesn't care about material things. That's the thing. Jimmy when he starts off doesn't care about material things. He, he's uncomfortable with them. He wants to um, he wants to sleep in the back of the Vietnamese nail salon. He doesn't want to you know have a nice apartment, right? And so he like you know he just becomes this thing where he's like yeah he becomes a caricature, but it's it's not real pleasure in those things. It's like it's like it's so it's so complex because it's not like it's not like he's just becoming a caricature a guy who like loves money and loves nice things it's like he's a guy who uses money and nice things to like make things as ugly as possible right yeah. it's worse than that I, I think there is some truth to that at the same time I, I wonder if part of it might be this kind of complex that that poor people with a chip on their shoulder sometimes have when they make it uh seems like maybe part of it is that he just wants things that make the viewer have to accept that he's rich. And the point of it is not to demonstrate taste. The point is to give a compelling proof that anybody who lays their eyes on it, anybody who sees the statues or the gold, gold toilet has to be like, yes, this guy is very rich. They can't deny it. Yeah, but that's, I think that's what very dumb people do when they get it. I mean, I think it's just, it was too much for as someone as intelligent as Jimmy. I think it was too over the top. I think it needs, it cries out for more of an explanation. Yeah, that's what, you know, maybe what a lot of poor people uh, are like when they get rich. But, you know, like, it, it, it's too much. I mean, it's too, though, the bed that, you know, rotates the, uh, <laughs> You know, the, the, just the detail. I mean, the details here are just, you know, incredible. You know, the socks. I, you know, I think it's, 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 it's a purposeful, uh, yeah. So there's something more, you know, there's something. Well, certainly it's, it's very over the top. And, and yeah, I think a lot of it is just about embracing the Saul persona fully. Uh, let me ask you, do you think, uh, do you think the Saul Goodman business model makes a lot of sense? So he's, he's just hanging around one courtroom. Uh, he's like each, he's, he has these endless number of, criminals they they're they're people with not a lot of money and he somehow becomes very 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 wealthy um does this is this is this like a business model that makes sense well a couple things might be going on uh first of all it may be the kind of business model where it's really the whales the few whales that, that make right it. yes it's, it's the it's the it's the salamancas and stuff like that and, and he's got a you know, he's got to get his name out there. Maybe, maybe everybody else is just advertisement and, and connections to get him closer to the whales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's, that's smart. That, that, that makes sense. So yeah, he's not just, he's not just taking, you know, a thousand bucks here or there. He's, he's doing a lot of other things. And, you know, an, an, another part of it is like, I, I think he is just extremely industrious and it, it adds up. You know, I think it really does add up like the sheer amount of work he takes on. I, yeah. I think that's one of the things we're meant to understand as viewers. Like many lawyers do a lot of work, but I, I think Saul puts in more hours even than most of them. 
Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have a personal life, right? He's just, he's like with prostitutes, I guess, or, or you know, whatever he, he, so yeah, that makes sense. He's, his life is his work. The other thing, well, here's another thing I don't get. It, it's all focused on this one Albuquerque courtroom and his reputation is shot and like everyone hates them. Right. And so like, is his, is he in the best position to be getting great deals uh, for his clients when like the judges and all the, you know, uh, all the prosecutors and everyone thinks he's just a big scumbag? Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good question. And like, as a practical matter, I kind of suspect that in a, in a realistic world, things wouldn't have gone well for him as a lawyer, just because he's burnt every bridge and, yeah. and you need a few bridges. But in the world of the show, I, I think this is a, a way that it allows itself to be unrealistic. I, I think in the show's world, basically it turns out he's able to turn his reputation as a scumbag to his advantage because he just goes in there and he's like, the other, the other party, the DA is like, oh man, Saul Goodman, he's going to play every dirty trick in the book. He's going to, he's just going to outgun me in every way he, uh, because he hates me and he hates the law. He's going to spend a hundred hours and fake TV commercials yeah. just yeah. to get this public masturbator free. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that, that like, goes too much like, work. I'll cut his deal yeah, but there's not enough hours a day given given how many clients he has, right? So it seems like they they would be able to thwart, to thwart this. Well, but uh, that's the thing. He's basically kind of bluffing. You know, given the volume of clients he has, he he couldn't, in fact, create a fake commercial for each one of them. This he is an iterative game. They're seeing him all the time. They're seeing him all the time in the Albuquerque courthouse. Everyone knows if it's a small world. But so he just, just kind of new. does it. He does it a few times to each of the people to kind of rub, rub, rub their noses in the idea that Saul Goodman will not play fair and he will put more hours into cheating than you will in, into, into winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm also, yeah. Yeah. And his secret, his secret here is he's, he's so unethical. He'll, he'll do anything and, you know, he'll make up fake evidence. He'll, he'll do anything. And maybe that's like, that's something that a lot of lawyers could do if they were as unethical as he was. But the fact that he's willing to sort of, uh, you know, push these lines like no one else's and cross these lines is maybe uh maybe his advantage okay so that's and, and remember part part of it is that these are most of them generally are pretty small cases like mm. i think that's part of the game saul is playing with with the da's like they really don't care uh, about making sure that justice is served on the public masturbator yeah Saul just cares a lot more about winning than they do in these cases yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that, that makes sense. Uh, the last scene in the show where he's taking a, what is, what does, um, what does the secretary say when he, uh, pushes the button? Pushes the button. I, I don't know. Remember the last uh, scene, like the last scene he's in his office, he sits down, he puts his, uh, whatever his uh, earpiece into the, um, desk and then he pushes and he says something and like the you know the person says uh, francesca maybe probably uh you know says something i don't remember specifically she was just saying like here's the caseload for the day i, I, I remember that one of them involved a public master i thought i heard her say white i thought that was supposed to be mr walter white but but i, I don't know he didn't introduce himself as um walter white so no it no no he wasn't going by white uh okay. i think it was Unless that scene is not the initial meeting with Walter, unless it's a later meeting. With well, I, I think we were meant to be given the impression that this is actually kind of the day, or this is very close to the time when when they first meet and Saul is taking up the case of Badger. Uh, because yeah. I, I think part of the hint was that 
when he when we first see Saul and he walks into uh, the office or the, the room with Badger, he mixes Badger up with a public masturbator and and he talks to him for a while on the well, assumption. Badger was in there. Badger was Badger was in there. Uh, well, the the first scene in Breaking Bad, when when they meet, Saul uh, walks in and he confuses him. Is he the public? Yeah, it probably has a lot of public masturbators, but yeah, okay. Right, right. Yeah. But I, I think that this is a hint that we're there, basically. And, and yeah. it's happening yeah. right then. Well, I assume so. You know, that's, that's, I think, where we would expect to be. Um, yeah. And, and so, okay. So, yeah, we're, we're there. And so they're going to start, I guess, I guess, you know, we're going to go through this thing. I, I think we're, we're done. Is, um, is Kim gonna? Uh, oh, another thing—the trope thing we talked about, like Kim self-realization. It's always there's another trope where it's like you know the the, the common man who tells you the simple truth, right? So when Mike is talking to uh, Nacho's dad, right, I knew that like where that was gonna go, right? I knew he was gonna like Mike was gonna pretend to be moral, and then Nacho's dad would say something like, "Yeah, no, this is not justice. This is revenge." So you know, the, the earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's uh who does the who does this in um uh, who does this in Breaking Bad? Uh it's um I don't know, maybe oh uh you know who does it in Saul is Huel. Huel always has these um has a few of these. Um you, I went back recently watched the episode where they got married. Do you remember this? Where Huel is like, Oh man, you gotta like why are you getting married to her, man? Are you guys gonna go on a honeymoon? He's like, no, it's not like that. He's like, oh you got a little rug rat? Is that what it's about? He goes, is she gonna go by Goodman or McGill? He's like, he's like Wexler. He's like, man, this the same right. He's like, you know <laughs> and so he's judging him over <laughs> he's just judging him over his fake marriage. Um and so yeah you have this you know the salt of the earth yeah the common man telling telling the truth uh but anyway so yeah so the, we're gonna go to the um we're gonna go yeah we're in the future are we gonna see kim again uh yeah i think we will i mean it, it doesn't feel done and i guess the big question on my mind is like damn there's four episodes left like this they could have used this as a finale for the most part and i wouldn't have been too surprised but there's four episodes left so it's that's pretty interesting because there's so much there's so much that's been tied off now uh, and so I, I think that one of the things that we have to see we have to see more from ken and i still go back to the vacuum cleaner guy and how he fits into it, in all of this and now you know i i'm no longer i'm no longer thinking that that Kim will use the vacuum cleaner guy to disappear. I, I don't quite know. I, I guess the question is: now that we've fast forwarded and and we're in the future, we're in Breaking Bad and Saul is Saul. Are we just there for good now, or at points are we ever going to go back to the in between time? And I don't completely know. Uh, one thing I one suspicion I have is. If we're in the future, we're at least in Breaking Bad, and we're probably later than that, too, and we're going to pick up the whole Gene future storyline. I wonder if maybe Kim is going to use the vacuum cleaner guy information to find Saul. Seems like that, that that's a way that that could pay off, because I still think it needs to pay off all that time they spent with Kim looking at the vacuum cleaner guy's yeah, I, think you're, I, think you're, I think you're too obsessed with, you know, that, 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 I mean, I think we'll see Kim again, but I don't think the fact that she looked at the vacuum cleaner that, I mean, there's a lot of it's things. Chekhov's but, card. It's Chekhov's vacuum cleaner card. Just as a matter, as a matter of writing, 
you know, I look at little details like this. There's a lot of that, but there's a lot of things which people look at for well, it might just be like giving you a hint, oh, isn't this interesting? Haha, look at you know, look at how interesting this is. It doesn't mean that that's so you're uh so so I don't I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right though. We will see um we'll see Kim. She has to have something happen in her life, right? Um she's she doesn't have like just there's no like, you know, the murder I don't think there's gonna be any suspicion. I think they cleaned up the Howard thing. So I I just wonder like what is what else is there for her? Like we, we still need to know what she's gonna do with her life. Um you know, we know that the Howard thing is probably not going to come back to her. There's probably no legal thing that's going to come uh, back well, to her. Um, so I want to like, refresh my memory on this. So, so Walt, toward the end of Breaking Bad, uh, Jess, Jesse is captured by the Nazis. The Nazis put Jesse to work making meth. Which lab did the Nazis do that in? Is, is it in Gus's old lab that they have Jesse work? No, how would they have Gus's lab? The Nazis had their, I mean, they must have had their own, right? I guess I'm going to have to go back and look at that again, because at the same time, like, you know, coming up with a top tier lab, a little complicated for the Nazis. I, I had a vague memory of, of that happening in Gus's old lab and, and Walt dying there, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't remember the details of this well either, but you think it's relevant now because it comes back to, to the question, like one way or another, if the authorities ever find Gus's old lab and look into it, then they should be able to uncover Lalo and Howard's bodies. How would, they, how would the Nazis have Gus's lab? You know, I, I don't, I don't remember. I, I'm going to have to look into all of that again. Okay. Cause that I, yeah, I would think that I, yeah, I would have, that would have stuck in my head if that was a C. So Gus doesn't die until very late. So it's not like they take it over when he's dead. Uh, Gus, oh, how does wait? How does how does Jesse get out of a? Oh, Gus must have died, and then Jesse. How does Jesse gets out get out of a uh, Gus's grip? He he dies. It's how did the how did the Nazis even get Jesse? Do you remember? So Jesse was uh, with was Jesse with Gus until the very end of Gus's life. I don't. I think I think so. I think yeah. he was still cooking meth for Gus because how else would Gus have gotten good meth? And so I think basically the Nazis just took over Jesse's contract. Uh, they, they put a gun to his head. They, they killed Andrea. They, they did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but then they, and then they so, had I mean, Jesse. Jesse would know where Gus's lab was. But yeah. this is just a kind of a dumb empirical question. I just need to go back and look. Get in there. There's a. It's under a business. It's under the um, the laundromat, right? You would have to have access to it. Um, yeah, I, I just need to go yeah. go back and look and see and see which which lab the, the Nazis had Jesse working out. Uh, do you want to just Google it now since we have freedom to do that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. Uh, Jesse captured by Nazis. <laughs> Breaking bad. What is it? Jesse, Jesse Pinkman. Oh, uh, what happened? Um, okay, the, the gang steals Declan's meth-making equipment. Whose equipment? Uh, and Declan, he was this kind of fringe bad guy character uh, that the Nazis kill. Uh-huh. And so they have equipment. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I guess from reading this little bit so far, I guess it's a new lab that the Nazis have constructed. It's not Gus's old lab. So, so for, forget that, but still, I mean, if, if anybody does ever find 
Gus's old lab, then they should be able to find Howard and Lalo's bodies, and that could open the cold. Well, yeah, I mean, you think that they would check? They would check that Gus, everything connected to Gus, anyway, right? Because he's he's blown up. Uh, you know, it's pretty suspicious. They would start, you know, he was, he was killed in a suicide attack by the Salamanca guy. So right, yeah, I think, right. you know, that, that's, that's a pretty glaring sign. Like, Hey, no, no, no ex drug Lord blew up a guy. Maybe yeah. the guy is involved somehow in the drug trade. Yeah. So, okay. So they're going to get to, yeah, the cops will have a lead to get to the uh, lab anyway. You know, um, I, I think that would be a kind of cool way to connect all of this and, and make it all relevant years later. To have them yeah. Cover they, body. Yeah. Uh, because they, uh, yeah, because so that this could, they could get the body and then they, you know, after Gus dies, they could find the body and then they could, uh, they can arrest Kim. I guess they could still arrest Kim. I mean, they, look, if they find the body, I think they, I think just the Jimmy, uh, the, you know, Jimmy and uh, Kim are the prime suspects. I mean, they, you know, or maybe, you know, or maybe not. I mean, maybe they, they just, maybe it's just Gus. They think it was Gus and, and that's it. And they still hold up Jimmy and uh, uh, Kim's, Kim and Jimmy's story still holds up. No, um, no. I, I think at that point, if the authorities do uncover Howard's body and it's clear he was involved in all, all the drug business along with Gus, you know, I, I think at that point, uh, Jimmy and Kim would become very suspicious. It's just that Jimmy's gone now. He's already undercover. Yeah. Yeah. And Kim can be arrested. Kim can still be now, arrested. Yeah. For, for all we know, Kim is still around under her own name in the same area. Or, or if not in the same area, wherever she is, she's still going by Kim Wexler. Yeah, she's not going by Kim Wexler. I don't, I don't think there's any reason to tell, to tell us that she's not. Um, but for, for all we know, the authorities still know where Kim is. They can still find her. Yeah, yeah. No, no, there's no reason not to. We, we, we don't have any hint she's into going to hiding. She's just yeah. breaking up with uh, So there, it would be a big problem for her if they found Howard's body. Uh, maybe, I mean, they, look, they assume, I mean, Gus is the natural suspect because it's Gus's, um, it's Gus's, uh, you know, it's Gus's lab. He's buried there. Gus is a drug dealer and murderer. Well, Saul and Jimmy, or Saul and Kim are not as far as I know. I think that, I think it would still be that, I think it would still be that, uh, Gus kill. Okay. Now why would Gus kill this guy? You know? Okay. So you're right. So they would, they would say he was last seen at this house. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I think because Gus has no, Gus has no motive to kill. Um, Howard makes no sense. It's just a very strong hint that that Kim and Jimmy were in the game. Yeah, very strong hint. Right, they were in the game. Right. Uh, okay. And, and they would know Hector Salamanca killed Gus, and they know that Jimmy represented Lalo Salamanca. Yeah, yeah. Salamanca is also going to be down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So Salamanca, so Jimmy's client plus Jimmy's, uh, you know, ex uh, coworker. Um, ex boss is uh, are found in uh, a grave together. Yeah, I think that that brings suspicion. On. Yeah, and we got a little bit of hint of this. I think when um, when uh, Gus is like, you know, we're going to rebring construction. You know, we're going to restart construction. Do it today. And Mike is like, sort of surprised, maybe because he thinks like, I don't know what he, what he thinks. Like, it's too much trouble, or there's dead bodies down there. So I guess we can't. I don't know why he would care. There's dead bodies down. But I guess if they find it, they could find the dead bodies. Um, Actually, that's a good. That's a that's a good point. Why don't they? Why would they should dig up the bodies and do something else with them if they're gonna make it a drug lab? Because if the drug lab gets busted, uh, they would potentially find the bodies, right? I, I guess at, at that point they figure like, hey, if the DEA or whoever is gonna bust the drug lab, we, we've got plenty of problems. 
what, what's another couple dead bodies? <laughs> a couple murders. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it, I think it, I think it obviously makes it, I think it obviously makes it more difficult. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think you would. Yeah. I, you know, I think that, yeah, I think that the, the Mike was probably surprised because he thought that burying them there meant that they would not do anything down there anymore. Um, and so, yeah, the fact that he's, I mean, maybe Gus is like tempting fate. He's just caught, he's not, you know, he's too smart to, to make a mistake like this. Um, maybe they do, maybe they do just, maybe they do just dig up the bodies and dissolve them. And that's the end of it. Maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't come back. You know, there's, there's a, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe nobody even finds the bodies. I don't know. You know, to tell the truth, I, I don't yeah. have a great idea of what's going to happen next. Well, time. I'm just, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled yes <laughs> I got four episodes left and that 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 pleases me and, and confounds me because i don't know what they're going to do in these four episodes other than that obviously they're going to pick up gene's storyline yeah that's all we know we don't know probably kim is going to come back into things and and i think kim is going to probably come back in in gene's storyline somehow yeah i think that's likely true jim you know kim is working with the authorities potentially to get Jimmy, she's trying to find Jimmy. There's potential here. I mean, Jimmy Kim could be doing anything. Kim could be, you know, she's not a lawyer. She could be doing. She could be, uh, you know, a nun. She could be anything. Like you have no idea, like what she's, you know, what she's doing at this point in her life. Yeah. Um, you know, here, here's an interesting thing. If we go by kind of the logic of the show, Kim says in her big speech at the end that. She and, and Jim would, would be okay separately, and they're just poisoned together. This seems to become one of the kind of morals of the show that we're supposed to take as a given. Yeah. So if that's true, then when Kim goes off on her own, on the path she's on, then she probably doesn't become some kind of sleazy criminal. Well, we know it's not true in the case of Jimmy. We know that he's... Yeah. And maybe it's because of the heartbreak, maybe, yeah. but still, he was not okay. But for Kim, at least... I, I think we have the impression that that Kim, without the presence of Jimmy in her life, that that Kim would go back to being like you know listening to her better angels. It's and it's possible she could be some great you know humanitarian, um, you know next time we see her. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Maybe she falls in with another guy who's like even worse. Like maybe that's just like her, you know. Maybe we we see that. Like we don't know who she dated before Jimmy. Didn't at some point? Didn't we have a hint of this at one point? Didn't like it wasn't like she dated jerks. Didn't she say make a comment like that early in the series? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, there might there might be a tendency here. Um, there might be a recurring tendency here with her, uh, and we'll 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 find out. Um, we'll find out soon enough. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have no idea what's, you know, we have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, I, I did, you were, one thing you were off about is, is Cliff. You really believed in the guy. He really, he really is about that. as far as you thought. Uh, you know, I thought it was ambiguous. Uh. I mean, look, in a way I'd say I, I was right that, that Cliff was like a dangling loose end and that the show was obligated to pick him up, pick him up and, and do something about his suspicions. Uh, did, did the show do enough to allay his suspicions? And is this where Cliff's role in the show will entirely end? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think Cliff is, I don't think Cliff is that um, important. You know what they, yeah, what they, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's any reason to but, think. You know, 
I'll tell you something that kind of struck me about that I, scene. I think it's, I, but it's not like you thought, like, okay, so he finds out Jimmy was screwing with him, therefore, like, he puts it all together. It's like, no, like, they believe in the, and uh, Howard's late, uh, you know, Howard's uh, wife. Um, also, they know that Jimmy was a scoundrel and he was screwing around with him. Uh, but there's still a lot of evidence that Howard was on coke and that he killed himself. I mean, because, like, you know, every, you know, there's, uh, they found the cops found it. He was in the Pacific Ocean. He fell. Um, a lot of people were, you know, so, so like they, they, at this point, I have no problem thinking they think both things are true that Jimmy was screwing with Howard and Howard. You know, the conventional story, he was on drugs and he went and he drowned himself in the ocean. That's also true, too. It was, it was kind of weird what they had Cliff do in, a, in that entire scene. Yeah. Like, it, it was a long scene. Like, First, they walk into the building, and then and then the camera zooms back. And at the beginning, setting the scene, it shows us that Cliff is there. That that's kind of one of the things that wa- they wanted to tell us, right? As they walked in, the camera was like, "Oh, by the way, guys, Cliff is here." And then later, when uh, Jim, Jimmy, and and Kim are talking to Rich, the camera framing then kind of zooms out too to show us, "Oh, hey, guys, Cliff is now talking to Howard's wife." And, and then and then and and then. You know, the whole time it's like saying, Cliff is here, Cliff is here. And then they go there. And during that entire conversation where Howard's wife is interrogating them harshly, Cliff just stands there silently making confused expressions, <laughs> alarmed and confused expressions the entire time. He says like one line during the entire scene. And it was, it was strange. He goes, this is not the timer. Yeah, or- that's like his one line. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Kim comes and she says, I saw Howard doing coke, basically. And then, uh, you know, I hate Kim so much. The way she's like, oh, uh, you know, maybe I didn't really see it. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you know, I was mistaken. I hate her. I hate how manipulative and how good she is at lying. Um, and, then, and then, you know, at the, his second line, at the end of the scene, after uh, Kim's dastardly plot works and Howard's wife rushes into the bathroom, Cliff just quickly excuses himself. You know, there, there could have been the scene where he continued the conversation with them but instead, he's like, "Later, guys." Yeah, because he wants to. He wants to go find her sister. Yeah, uh, he wants to go find her sister. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, was it was it strange? So, what, so what he says, this is not the time or place. Like he he is thinking back to what he's thinking back to the lunch with Kim, um, where he saw Howard. You know, he saw Howard in his mind kicking that hooker out of the out of the car. So that's what he's thinking of, right? He saw it. He saw the in his mind. He saw the. Uh, he's thinking back to uh, the country club and, and the the packet of what he. Yes, got. of course. Yeah. So so this is. I, I don't think this is a. You know, I don't think this. I thought that they had. I thought these people are full. They, you know, they're they they're their realm of what is possible. What Cliff thinks it's possible for a human being to do, like, is not the you know is not the same as what's the reality for Jimmy or Kim. Like for him to think that this was all the every single thing here, like the planning the uh, uh, the coke in, in his uh, you know locker or whatever, plus like dressing up like Howard and like, you know, throwing the hooker out the car, then like, you know, much less like killing him and then driving him out to California and dumping him in the ocean. Like that's not in the, unless they have really good evidence, their inclination, these people in the normal world is not to think that these kinds of things are possible. Right. So to them, in my mind, to them, they're not suspicious. Howard is just a druggie who killed himself. On the other hand, you know, Cliff does have more evidence than most people like he has evidence that he could easily look into the thing that Howard spent time telling him about the private. Yeah, but, they, but they, but they buy the idea. They, they also accept the idea that Jimmy is a scumbag who's like harassing Howard too. That's, that's, the, that's fine. They, they like his wife, even Howard's wife knows that. And she questions him about it. 
that's not inconsistent with Howard being a drug addict and you know killing himself. Also, he Cliff has all the evidence of his past experience with Howard. Remember when the Kettlemans are coming in and telling him like, "Oh, we heard all this stuff about how Howard was doing coke while he was representing us." And, and Cliff says that, that that's not the yeah, Howard. He doesn't believe happen. it, but then he also sees the coke in the locker, and then he sees you know uh, him dying, and the cops finding coke in his car, and then he also sees what he thinks is Howard kicking out. Okay, and his, he updates his his view of Howard, and the Kettleman's just another piece of evidence. Like you think that Jimmy is behind literally all these things. It's, he he seems like he's, to him he's getting independent sources of confirmation of the same thing with his own eyes, different witnesses again and again and again. And so his, he had a view of Howard. It changed. I mean, I, I think that's... He's got all of that. And look, I, I can understand why, why you would think, like, that's just it. Case closed. At the same time, isn't there something kind of strange about how much time the show spent showing us that Cliff was present and how present Cliff was and his actual role in the scene? Like, Cliff was just... If we, like, we got three characters talking, and then we got one character just standing there observing it and contributing... Not very much the, the entire time. Isn't it, that an odd bit of writing? It is. I mean, it is building suspense for, I, you know, I didn't notice exactly like that being weird at the time, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, you know, and it, it is building suspense for some cliff climax, but and it, that it was seems the climax. Be, he's an idiot. He, he doesn't, he, he doesn't see. Like the show, the show went through a lot of work to get Cliff present there for not much payoff or involvement to his presence. And then it seemed to me like the show, the writers and the producers, like, like they were trying to make Cliff a cipher so that, so that we learned as little as possible about what Cliff made of the whole situation that he was observing. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's clear. I think he's thinking he is, in his mind, Kim just confirmed what he's been seeing from Howard, which is that he's a drug addict and he doesn't want to bring it up. And he says, this is not the time, but he's bought into the story. I think that's the, I think that's the climax. I, I don't think there's a mystery of what he knows or thinks, because I think that, you know, he, he just, he sees a lot of evidence. They fooled him, you know, again and again, independent sources of evidence that, that it is what it looks like. You know, we'll see. Maybe, maybe he's just an idiot. You know? I don't think he's necessarily an idiot. I mean, I think that the stuff that Jimmy did was pretty elaborate. I think I would, I think if I was in his shoes, um, I think I would buy. I think I'd buy the story too. Would you think that this guy sent the kettlements plus planted the coke, uh, plus killed him and drove him out to the Pacific Ocean? That's a you know that's a uh, and dressed up like him and threw him out of the car. Like I, I, if I thought I saw his car, like it's his car. He saw literally his car. I would be fooled too. I would think that that person was a drug addict. If if I were him, th there would be too many unanswered questions that I would I would feel obligated to look into just as a matter of due diligence. Uh, you're smarter than me. I, I would. I would. I, you're you're smarter than me. I would. I would consider that beyond a reasonable doubt that Howard was a drug addict who killed himself. I would not have. I would not have. I. Uh, you know. I don't think. I don't think Cliff is naturally that suspicious. We, we, uh, we, we will see. See where where it all goes. And in fact, may, maybe even if this thing about the bodies being found and the the link between Howard and and, and him and, and Jimmy and the drug stuff ever comes up. Maybe Cliff could become relevant at that point. If that I think happened. you're. I think you're trying too hard to make Cliff. I think you're overestimating Cliff. I, you know, last week I said maybe. This week I'm. I'm now to the point where I'm saying, yeah. Well, we have a big disagreement here, and I would. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see Cliff again. To be honest. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we will. See. We'll see. Uh, okay. Is there anything? Uh, any anything else in the in the show? The. Um, you know, you were right. The other thing you were right about, you said we were going to see the next, you said we were, we would see the next day. 
you know, at least. So we did see the next day. That was the opening scene. Like after uh, Howard was killed, we see them coming home at the at the beginning. Um, but then, you know, I thought we would go straight into the um, post uh, Saul world. Um, but it just took one episode to get there. So we had that one episode. Um, yeah, the, the filler filler makes no sense. They broke up. We, 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 you know, we had no, that was a big mystery of the show. Mystery yeah. show, she could have been with him the whole time up till he was uh, Gene. And she's not. Saul, the Saul universe has no Kim Wexler. We solved a major, you know, one of the central mysteries um, of the show. So that's not, that's not filler. That's a, that's an important scene. Did you know they were going to break up after when they, when Kimmy came, when Kim came home and said, I'm, you know, Jimmy wanted to go back to your lawyer. I, I, I knew she was leaving him. Did you? Did I you had a that? pretty strong suspicion building up for the last few episodes that she was going to leave him. Mm, yeah. I didn't have that for the last few episodes, but I, I did. I did have it in that. Uh, in that moment, what about when? Um, what about when uh, Jimmy finds out that they're gonna, you know, that HHM is uh, ending? They're gonna uh, change it to like, you know, Brooke Brooke and Associates or something like that. I mean, that was uh, that was brutal. Mm. Yeah. W- w- what about that? Well, I mean, the fact that like, his victory was complete. His victory was complete, but it wasn't his victory. I mean, he doesn't. He didn't want that though. I don't think he wanted. You know, he didn't want Chuck to die. I don't. He didn't want Howard to die. It was just like his victory was not really. It's not well, really. Well, his victory was more complete than he ever wanted. He wanted <laughs> yeah. kind of metaphorical sense. Be careful with you wish for, yeah. a very literal one. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, uh, yeah, he got his. Yeah, be careful. Yeah, it's exactly exactly of uh, the. Uh, uh, yeah, so there was one. There was one more thing ab- uh, about that that I was trying to. Um, uh, remember about the uh, uh, the Egypt. yeah I, okay so what struck me most uh, yeah this is probably what struck me most about the episode like which makes it so sad like makes it so heartbreaking it's like Howard like assuming Cliff like doesn't you know come become like you know uh, become you know, uh, uh, some kind of great detective and figure all this stuff out if this is the end of like Howard's story it's the saddest thing in the world you know his reputation like there's everyone will remember a false version of him he was you know that he was a drug addict it was completely made up that he was a drug addict that he killed himself um, and you know th- this is how his life ended and the entire narrative of his life it's just something different to publicly and to the people closest to him. I mean, it's this, I thought maybe, I thought maybe Kim and maybe uh, Jimmy wanted this to like, give her some kind of hope she could hang on to um, that. Maybe like, it wasn't true. Like, cause she was, she was not convinced. She thought that Kim and uh, Jimmy, um, you know, were, there's something wasn't adding up, you know, she said, um, but you know, they, they prioritize obviously protecting themselves uh, over her feelings and so, like, you know, their destruction of Howard and Howard's memory was not just publicly but and professionally, but, like, also to those closest to him. And that was just, just so very sad. Right. And, I mean, they made his wife think that it was her fault. Uh, and to a degree, I think maybe she was trying to make Cliff think that it was his fault. You know, like, hey, you didn't see the signs either. You didn't stop this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very sad. So maybe we're hope maybe we're hoping that the truth uh, comes out at some point. You know, nobody in these. I'm, I'm fascinated. Like one, you know, there's potential endings, right? Like there's everyone either ends up dead or happily ever after. So that's um, uh, that's uh, Pinkman, uh, Jesse Pinkman lives happily ever after. Everyone else in the show pretty much ends up. You know, this universe ends up dead. Um, oh, Saul, Saul's ending so far is not quite happily ever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the ones that we've seen the end for, 
No, so that uh, has anyone even had a happy ending besides uh, Jesse? Um, nah. Does Skylar get? I mean, does Skylar? Did, did, did they get to keep? Well, I don't think they got to keep any of Walt's money, did they? No, no I, I don't think so. Yeah, no, no nobody's coming up as somebody who, who gets a happy ending. I guess Jesse's the closest. Yeah. See to that. Yeah, and so nobody gets a happy ending. So nobody. So there's only one happy ending. That's Jimmy. Uh, I mean, that's Jesse. Jimmy is not the happy ending. You know, t- I, th- that story does not seem like it's going to lead to a happy. Or maybe it does. Maybe that's what will make it surprising. The fact that you know this is the thing. This is the one story that should end in a tragedy. You know, I kind of suspect like maybe that's what the show is going to do for us because like how like. That, that's what would be most surprising in a way and the most interesting for the show to do to to to, sh- to go into the far future with gene and somehow give give him a happier ending than, than he currently has and um, and if it's just more depressing stuff like oh it, his life is terrible and and now it's going to become even more terrible then you know that that wouldn't be that interesting to me really <laughs> yeah 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 somebody comes in like he's you know, he goes to jail for the rest. You know, somebody go to jail for the rest of their life. That's not nobody's had that ending. Um, that would be. And he has a happy. Like, what if he goes to jail and he's like happy there and like becomes like you know the the fastest talker in the prison quarter? You can imagine some hybrid where he's like in jail forever, but he's found like peace. Um, that would be sort of a happy ending, sort of a sad ending at the same time, like, right? Like this is where he truly fits in. This is where he belongs <laughs> all along. This is where he's more comfortable sleeping. It's like better, even better than the Vietnamese nail salon. It's like his prison bed is like where he's more comfortable than he's uh, that he's ever that he's ever I been. Mean, he's yeah, because he's not able to be himself in his current life. Yeah, yeah, Gene. Yeah, he's sitting. I mean, he's sitting there. He's watching like commercials on VHS. I mean, it's you know the saddest you know thing in the world. Like, oh, I was the biggest guy at uh, at Albuquerque. It's kind of like there's levels of brokenness. Like first he's Jimmy. Then we've just just seen Jimmy become so broken that he becomes Saul, and then Saul becomes so broken that he's Gene, and, yeah. and Gene is fondly remembering. Gene is not fondly remembering being Jimmy. Gene mm. is fondly remembering being Saul. <laughs> yeah, it's a different level because as a Saul is a very it's broken, but he's he's, he's functioning. I mean, he's energetic. It's an energetic broken. Like uh, Gene can't find the energy to do anything. He's just living in fear and cowering in his house and you know, drinking by himself. Um, and so, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, how does, how do you get, how do you get a happy ending here short of being, uh, you know, short of, you know, besides the jail thing, like, you know, he's, he's got crimes. Like he's going to be convicted of stuff. If, if he's, he could disappear, he could become like Pinkman and like, you know, back in theater. I don't know. That's too close to, Jesse, that seems too. That seems. Too, oh yeah. Plus, he tells the guy. To, he tells the guy he doesn't want him anymore. He tells the vacuum computer guy to go away and that and that payphone at the mall. Um, so that's probably you know not it. Um, well, I'll tell you how they could get you know. And to be clear, if they do for some go for some kind of happy ending, I don't think it'll be completely happy. I don't think it'll be a fairy tale ending. There'll have to be some kind of bittersweet element to it. But the, the raw ingredient they have to get him to a happier ending is to reunite with him with Kim somehow. And, and, and maybe, maybe he's now become a person that wouldn't be toxic together with Kim. Yeah. I want them to have children, but they're too old now. I mean, that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, the problem. Yeah. If, they, if they were 10 years younger, they could, you could see them with like four kids or three kids. That's a happy ending. Children justifies bad stuff in the past, creation of life. But they're too old. 
Kim is now going to be, you know, I, I was wondering how old they're supposed to be. I, I said this to you the other day uh, in this episode where they get married. There's a quick scene where you see their driver's licenses. Yeah. Uh, so you see that at the start of the show, Kim is 34 and I think Jimmy is like 41 or something. Oh, I, thought, I thought you said Kim was 32. This is at the start of the show? Yeah, the show, I Googled it. The show starts in 2002. Um, and so the, uh, so here's what I sent you. Yeah. So Jimmy is birth is, uh, 60, um, and Kimmy is at 68. So if it starts 2002, she was 34, um, uh, 34. And so by the break, by the end of breaking bad, that's like, uh, isn't that 15 years later or something? Yeah. She's an old woman. Uh, she's, uh, she's at her, she's close to 50. She's not, she's not having, uh, she's not having kids uh, to get back together. Unless she froze her eggs or something I, like that. I kind of noticed that you and I, you and I have both started calling her Kimmy at times. Uh-huh. Yes. Why did we do that? Well, just because, you know, Jimmy, Kimmy, uh, yeah. easy mistake to make, but I kind of like it. Kimmy, Kimmy sounds good. Yeah. So she's yeah. so, yeah. So they're, I mean, they're too, they're, they're sort of too old. They're like, they're a senior couple. I guess that could be a happy ending. I, I want children to justify it, but you know, like maybe, maybe that's not it. No, this, is, this is a thing I, you're just not going to get it. I'm not gonna get it. I want her to free <laughs> pronatalism, and I want that. I want that. Uh, uh, you know, I want that uh, to be the lesson that they they had kids, and that you know that that that, that was a better distraction. The lesson of the show that the kid kids will distract you from framing your yeah yeah can, yeah can solve this. It'll distract you from scamming and destroying everyone you're close to. You will just be chasing your own kids, like Mike. If Mike had more grandchildren, you know, I guess he would do more stuff to to pay, to give them money. Um, but <laughs> you know, if people had children, they would have something else to distract them from from all this stuff. So yeah, maybe they end up together as a as an older couple, like you know, living their reliving their glory days, a very cute thing, rocking together on the on the nursing. <laughs> I don't think they'll take. I don't think they're going to age them. I don't think they'll make them like seventy or something. But you well, know, they'll be they do this. I, I do think that Kim and, and modern day. Saul, Gene, we'll find each other somehow. Probably, uh, I, I think oh, they have to. I think they have to. There's, there's too much. There's too much space left for it just to be Jimmy by himself. Like, there's no other character here that needs anything yeah, to happen. Yeah, so. that's a, I think that's a good way to think of it. We've got a limited number of characters in play. Some of them had died, and some of them, I think, their arc has just kind of ended. Now that we're in the Breaking Bad era, like Cliff, but you, you think is going to become a star? But yes, I think so Cliff's. They only actually. have so many ingredients that they can use to, to have characters interact and produce a show, and so Kim and Jimmy have to find each other. Yeah, Salamanca's all dead. Gus dead. Nacho dead. Uh, Howard dead. Chuck dead. Um, Breaking Bad. Jesse. Jesse could cut. Jesse could somehow. I don't know. It seems like a stretch, but he's 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 still alive at least. Um, you're right. Uh, there's, uh, you know, the, uh, Mike dead. Yeah. There is, um, everyone is, yeah, everyone is dead. Everyone is dead. And there, yeah, there's, uh, Jimmy's, I mean, uh, maybe Walt's family. I mean, Walt has, uh, Skylar and the two kids. Um, you know, they could, you know, they could, they could be, there could be some breaking bad, you know, people who didn't die. Uh, Hank's wife, I mean, is still alive. You know, the Nazis are all, uh, dead. Um, Gomez, you know, I don't think I think Gomez is alive. I don't oh, think he's dead. No, he's dead. Oh, how did he die? He died. Uh, same shootout. Hank did. Yeah. Okay. Ah, Gomez dies first. Gomi is dead. Okay. Uh, you know, Nacho's dad. I don't think he matters. Um, yeah. So, uh, cool. You know, back yeah. to that moment, I think that Mike went into that conversation with Nacho's dad, thinking that they were kind of kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, Mike from Mike's perspective. 
Mike is also a salt of the earth guy. Like, hey, I'm just a working stiff, just like you. Look at what these guys make us do. Yeah. But, you know, Nopto's dad wasn't having it. He's like, you're not like me. You're not, you're not another blue collar guy. You're not salt of the earth. You're just another gangster. Yeah, no yeah. The rest of them. Yeah, it tells him the Spanish two gangsters are, yeah, all the, all the same. Um, yeah, he was doing him a favor. He was telling him, at least he was telling him the truth about Nacho and, you know, telling him that he was a good, you know, good guy. I just, I, you know, I think that was nice for the sake of Nacho's memory. A Howard will be remembered as worse than he was. Nacho will be remembered as good as he was or, or slightly better by, you know, I don't know if anyone cares about him besides his dad. Um, the, uh, Oh, why don't the Salamancas go kill the so Salamancas? Uh, you know, the, so that oh, that scene was also very good where they brought um, uh, they brought uh, Gus there, and then like he fools all of the Salamancas. And <laughs> that was really funny. Where he's like pushing the bed, you know, he's like, "Oh, you're gonna don Hector. You're gonna sleep in my bed tonight. You know, uh, you are the honored guest." He's just like pushing his butt. I'm like, "No, I don't want this." <laughs> that was really funny. Uh, for <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, some some uh some uh well yeah, maybe some chicas will show up. Yeah, remember the first time when we see um Hector in the uh, breaking bad is with Tuco, he's like, You wanna watch your mama Citas? He's putting him in front of like Univision. So he's watching the girls like oh, this is a common thing where Hector, yeah, where, where he knocks down that thing and he watches the nurse pick it up. Hector is just in his chair, like all of his all his <laughs> being being uh, offered sex and yeah different situations that's a common you know <laughs> common reoccurrence <laughs> and so uh yeah so that was a that was a that was a fun that was a fun scene um the uh what were we just talking about before we were talking about the uh, uh hector the, I don't remember yeah there was some there was something there was something else i wanted to uh i want to talk about talk about there was the uh uh, Nacho, there was Mike. Um, yeah, uh, Kaylee is still alive. I mean, not, not all these people are matter. These people are only connected to uh, the people who do matter. Um, okay, yeah. So there's um, uh, yeah. Oh, Lyle. We we talked about we talked about Lyle again. Who knows? We'll still see him again. He's a you know. So it's pretty late to. It's pretty late to to build that uh, fan develop. favorite. Fan favorite, but I I don't think they'll be back. You know, I, I think we're probably <laughs> yeah. So so that's cool. We don't know what you know. We don't. We have no idea. We 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 are we are. Well, we're, we're, at, we're at a kind of remarkable point as viewers because there is so much left to be done, and we have so little. There are so few ingredients, and so like we know. Okay, they got to use their limited ingredients, the limited characters they have to make a plot, uh, but. So much has been tied off and done, and so much time remains that we just don't yeah. really know what's going to come yeah, next. It's almost like it's almost like its own spinoff. It's like it's like uh, G, you have Gene. You, now you have the Gene Show. You have four episodes potentially of the Gene Show. You know, who knows? They might they might do some more concurrent with Breaking Bad. So, like, I, this is what I was worried about, wondering about. Are they going to do concurrent with Breaking Bad, um, or are they going to just you know skip to Gene? What combination of you know those things will they uh, will they do? Um, but yeah, you're, you're like going back to breaking bad or you're going to like the gene spinoff. Um, and you get four episodes, you know, a lot can be done with, uh, with one character, uh, there. Um, so yes, this is what we want. We want to be, we want to be kept. In, I felt this way after last week's show. I thought they tied up, you know, most things, but you know, you needed the, um, I, yeah, I guess you tied up the cliff thing. Maybe 
maybe not uh you tied up like sort of the aftermath you had the breakup you solved what you know why there's no kim in uh the breaking bad world you, know, you say i was wrong about the cliff thing but no, i was no. partly right that they had to revisit cliff and they well, had to I mean, talk about his suspicions i mean i think that cliff was not a you know i you know i don't think it was a cliff's you know, i don't think cliff was the most uh, one of like close to the most important thing in this uh, episode. Yeah, they went back to him, but you, you thought, and you still think maybe that like, he's going to be like putting all the pieces together and potentially like, I don't know. look, look, it's, it's a matter of, you know, it's a matter of degrees. Like I, I am less confident now that, that Cliff is going to, is going to do more, but you know, you <laughs> okay. yeah. there to say about it. Yeah. And I, and I, and I'm very, yeah, I'm very, I, I was less confident than you that Kim uh, Cliff would do it. Now I'm even less. So we both moved in the same direction. We both, you um, estimate Cliff more highly and I estimate him, uh, you know, less, less highly. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's where we are, but yeah, that's exactly what I Did you see the commercial by the way? The, um, I just fast forward the course before that catch up on accident. It's like the, 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 uh, from the creators of breaking bad and better call Saul interview with the vampire. Did yeah. Yeah. I saw that. What is this? Is this a some? Is this a thing we should be thinking I guess, about? I guess there's a TV remake of it now. Might be that was a movie, right? With Tom Cruise, wasn't that a movie a long yeah, time yeah. ago? It was a movie with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt back when they were very young. Hmm. Well, okay. I am. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I guess now it's from uh, Peter Gould. I guess he's the executive producer. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. We'll see whether Gould or Gilligan is the is the genius here. Then, so you don't know if Gould is sort of a if he's the brains or or Gilligan is the brains because the, this whole thing they've been working together, right? Yeah, yeah. It might be worth checking out. Yeah, well, we'll we'll take a look. I mean, we we remember that's what we said we wanted. We wanted these guys to create a, a new universe. Uh, so yeah. you know, maybe maybe Although, this, no, this is Anne Rice's existing product. Uh yeah. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, it wasn't what I expected. Interview with the family. I didn't. I didn't think that that's the direction they would go. I th- yeah, I think they have the talent to build something from from scratch. Uh, but I don't know anything about the original interview with the vampire. I just know like the ex- its yeah. existence. I don't I know. Don't this. Okay, all right. So we don't know. We we could. We, this could be something we could get very interested in. But okay, cool. We are um, we are where we want to be as viewers. We want to be in suspense. We want to be excited about what's going to happen and looking forward to it and not knowing what's going to happen and. Uh, So yeah, we'll pick this up next week then. See you next week.